0: This is ELT Today, brought to you by Frameworks Education Group. We're going to look again this month at the idea of professional communities of practice, how they develop and how they are run by the communities themselves. Earlier in 2017, we spoke with Bita Rezaie about her journey to form a professional body of English language teachers in Iran. This month, we talk Africa TESOL with Okon Efiong, lecturer and professional development chair of the foundation program at Qatar University. I talked to Okon about his journey to see his vision realized of a Pan-African professional body for English language teachers run by Africans in Africa.
1: When I was in England, I was a special needs teacher. My original background is actually applied genetics. So it was a radical shift from genetics to language teaching. I just happened to find myself in Japan and I needed a job and there was no English in Japan and I couldn't fit in. I couldn't use my skills of applied genetics, so I needed to retrain. First, I did a course in TISO and that was just to get me through the door. And I realized if I needed to grow in the profession, I uh, needed to get a professional degree. So I went on to do an MA in Tissot, mm-hmm. which got me actually into the university system, mm-hmm. but on a part-time basis. And then I felt for me to get a full-time job in Japan, I probably need a PhD. So I went back to the UK to do a PhD in Applied Linguistics. Mm-hmm. So instead of going back to Japan for the full-time job, I ended up in Qatar. Which is where I am now, teaching in Qatar University in the foundation program. Mm-hmm. So that's my journey into the field of ELT. The organization itself um, is my baby. I, I dreamt it up, and um, because of the underrepresentation of Africa globally, mm-hmm. especially at international conventions or international bodies, mm-hmm. so I just felt uh, somebody needed to provide a platform for Africa to be heard mm-hmm. or for us to speak with a louder voice because the individual affiliates could not really speak out loud. So that's how I came up with the idea of Africa TISOL. Mm-hmm. I received a lot of support from TISOL International and while I served on the diversity committee. So that was where it came about. But then coming to Africa, I asked myself where do I start? So I needed to start somewhere. I wouldn't just float Africa TISOL in the air. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I think the number of affiliates grew from four to about 12. I wrote to all 12 asking if we can all come together to form this regional body. Not necessarily an affiliate of TESOL International, but just a body that we could talk to ourselves, look inwards and support ourselves.
0: Who were some of the initial uh, affiliates that you had?
1: The initial affiliates that I started with, I mean, out of the 12 that I wrote to, only four were interested. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of skepticism and then, so Sudan was one, Tunisia, Senegal and Cameroon.
0: And why do you think they were such early adopters or early supporters as opposed to other more sceptical groups?
1: Th- that again has to do with the involvement with the, the international body because these were the early risers at Tissol International level, mm. Senegal, Cameroon, Sudan. Uh, Tunisia was actually new at that point at Tissol International that they were willing to come on board. Mm. So, having been established for years and known, been attending international conferences, they kind of bought into my vision readily. Unlike others that were not represented at international level, they were just maybe waiting to see how it goes before they can come on board.
0: And so, what was the next step? How did things progress from there?
1: Okay. Um, Having got the four affiliates together, we thought, okay, why don't we just begin with a conference? You know, because this is one organization that has no money, <laughs> unlike uh, the big names. You know, we don't have we don't have any money. We didn't have any money, mm-hmm. and we didn't have anybody to back money. So from so, we thought, why don't we just have an international conference? You know, so each host affiliate, rather than holy call it your annual conference, call it. Africa TESOL conference and then people can come from other countries to present and that makes it international. So Sudan was the first country that said, yeah, bring it on. So this is how my right-hand man, this guy called Ayman, Mm -hmm. because he's Sudanese, he's Mm Sudanese-American and he was the vice president of Sudan TESOL. So he gave me the platform to launch Africa TESOL.
0: So really, I mean, for, for example, say, Sudan was already a community that was quite strong. It had its professional body, and so that helped them sort of have a bit more vision beyond their borders. Yes. You started with your first conference. Where was the first conference? It was in Sudan.
1: It was in Khartoum, Sudan. That was last year, 2016. We had 300 delegates, and we had um, presenters from three other African countries but overall we had people from eight countries in total. So three African and then four non-African countries. Um, you have, Yeah, non-African countries. So that was a good start. We thought that was a good start. I mean, since it was the first conference with 300 delegates, and we also received support from the Sudanese government, the Minister of Higher Education. They gave Great. us the venue. Great. And then another university, Nilan University, bud lunch for the delegates so that was a really good start and we were happy with our first outing.
0: Did you find that people had, were talking about similar um, issues within their countries within their teaching professions locally or did everybody have very different experiences?
1: Um, that takes me back to maybe the major reason why I consider this body because unlike um Europe or America or where you come from um we we do have challenges and in terms of resources what the teachers can use in the classroom Mm. and so for them to be able to come and listen to people outside Sudan there was something they thought was really great so in other words they listened to what was being obtained in other places and maybe could go back to their classrooms and adopt some of the things they got Mm. So and because I used to go to Sudan every year for conference, so I was already familiar with the Sudanese or with the Sudanese context. Mm. So this was like giving them a broader exposure to what could be what could be the case, mm. not just them um, presenters within Sudan coming to present what they're already familiar with, but something from outside Sudan. Mm. So the first, the hunger for more was there, and that gave me the drive to look for more too, so we can offer more
0: and did you find that the the delegates who came from outside sudan got a lot out of you know what sudan had to offer for that conference
1: um these were people that uh, that love africa these are people that are sympathetic towards our cause and um, they decided to come to support us because we didn't have money to pay for their ticket or hotel so they paid out of their pocket to give us the support Mm. and like I mentioned earlier TESOL International gave me a lot of support at the conception stage Mm. so we had three past presidents of TESOL International at our first conference you know which was really good You know that kind of gave us the the leverage. You know, having some big names at the conference. You know, the inaugural conference. Mm. So they didn't come to take anything out, but they actually brought things in. Mm. And and if anything at all was taken out, it's just the the desire for more that they could see in on the delegates' faces. Mm. The desire for more. The willingness to get more, to gain more, to learn
0: more. From the first Africa TESOL conference in Sudan, Ogon and his supporters had proven themselves. Rwanda was the next to pick up the ball and hosted the second Africa TESOL conference this year in Kigali in May.
1: By this stage we had more affiliates in Africa showing interest. Mm. It it grew from 4 to 12 and then um, the number, okay, from 4 to 10 initially. So we then threw it open. And um, then, because we hadn't got the structures in place to decision making structures, mm-hmm. and I was like the key person, and I mean my, my co founder. Now I call him co founder because um, he's been on board since um, I came with the idea. So he's a co founder okay. because he provided the platform. So we've been the driving force behind after the Sudan conference. So we reached out and said, look, we want somebody to host the second conference, and Rwanda which was not represented at the conference, offered to do it. No. And we were very pleased. Yes. We said, okay, welcome to Rwanda. From the 300 delegates we had in Sudan, we had 405 delegates in Rwanda. I think based on the report from the host affiliates and the number of certificates issued. Yes. And we had um, say 40 presenters in Sudan. We had 61 presenters in Rwanda. Mm. And we had three exhibitors in Sudan. We had five in Rwanda. And then the number of representation, we had 17 countries represented in Rwanda, 11 was African. The presenters came from 17 countries and 11 came from Africa. But overall, all the delegates put together came from 20 countries, 12 12 from Africa, eight from outside Africa. So that was huge in terms of um, what people wanted, even though we had a conference theme, but people came with different topics. But um, the emphasis, we place emphasis more on workshops. Mm because this, uh, this was something that could be hands-on and the teachers could experience this and take it back with them. Mm. And the, the beauty again was because Rwanda is kind of centrally located, so all the surrounding countries were able to come. Mm. Some traveled by boat, you know, the Uganda, Tanzania, Ethiopia, uh, all these countries around that region. So teachers travel by road just to come to the conference, mm-hmm. and there was also support from the State Department. Uh, the RELO in East Africa sponsored them, um, 15 presenters, and 60 teachers, local teachers, to attend the conference. Fantastic. So it was all about them um, using different teaching approaches. I mean, um, I wouldn't want, I don't want to pinpoint a particular approach yeah. because even though you have a conference theme, and um, most presenters don't really adhere to the theme and they just come and present something but as long as it was promoting language learning and teaching we're happy to just receive them. Mm -hmm. It was giving us something different or giving the teachers something different we're happy to have them.
0: Mm -hmm. And what kind of feedback have you got from teachers?
1: Very positive. The feedback was very positive. They were very happy and, um, and they were proud to be part of the events they were just happy you know the way they were clamoring to collect their certificates to take back and show mm-hmm. to their colleagues that they went to an international conference mm-hmm. so then in terms of the quality of the sessions they were also very impressed with the quality of the sessions so we had good feedback from the delegates and we also there was a post-conference survey we haven't collected all the results to do the analysis yet Mm. but I'm just telling you based on oral feedback and emails I've received from people after the conference.
0: What kind of teaching context were a lot of your delegates coming from?
1: Difficult one I would say I I use the word difficult to describe that because one it's a low-tech secondly the teaching resources are very limited Mm. and so the teachers have to be very creative to be able to carry the students along. And some come from non-English speaking contexts which makes it even more challenging for the teachers Mm. to teach English. And our Africa is so diverse, you have the English speaking countries and in such countries professional bodies are not very very strong. And then the non-English speaking countries, they need a stronger professional body to provide professional development for teachers and also to provide resources for the teachers to use to teach the students.
0: Annual conferences are great but Africa TESOL see that there is so much more that they can be doing to make an impact on the daily lives of teachers and their learners throughout Africa.
1: The first conference came and went, and between the first and the second, we had nothing in between. So we decided to reconstitute the, the board. So we now have a steering committee in place. Yeah. So we've come up with action plan. And so we've been working since the Rwanda Conference. And we're planning ahead now to ensure that um, we do make ourselves relevant, not just um, having Africa TESOL for the sake of having Africa TESOL. We want the affiliates to feel the impact. Mm -hmm. And we want to go into partnership with some other bodies, some agencies, Mm -hmm. and for uh, professional development opportunities for the teachers in Africa. So there's a clear plan, and it's just the implementation we have to start working on now, looking for partners that can help us.
0: In 2018, Africa TESOL will be hosting their third conference, this time in Nigeria. Okon and his team believe that the conference will go from strength to strength.
1: The steering committee has just decided on the conference theme. It's not official yet because we have to run it by the local affiliates. We have decided okay, this is going to be the conference theme. A member of the local affiliate is on the steering committee, so he's going to take it back to Nigeria and discuss with the executive council there once we come to an agreement because everything is negotiated or has to be negotiated Mm. so then the next thing then we start discussing speakers and then we look for sponsors that could help with aspects of the conference so we are hoping to build on our successes and see if nigeria can pull up a a bigger conference from 8 countries to 20 countries nigeria should be aiming at getting at least 25 to 30 countries you know people from 30 countries to come to the conference Mm -hmm. And also, in terms of representation, we had from 12 African countries, so we could have maybe 17 or 20 from Africa. Mm -hmm. That, again, will show us we are growing. And in terms of um, what we do, we offer at the conference, not just the sessions, we will try and see we can have maybe like a pre-conference symposium Mm -hmm. and also get more exhibitors to come and also get resources to give to the teachers. Because what I've been doing is uh, when I went to Sudan, I went with books from Qatar. We have books here. I mean, books we've used in school that we're no longer using. Mm. So I went with uh, about 40 kilograms of books to Qatar, to Sudan. Mm. So this year, again, because of um, baggage limitation, the baggage allowance limitation, I clearly go with maybe about 30 kilograms of books and I gave them to the teachers. So. I want to see what we can take to Nigeria next year and give to the teachers because that's one way of supporting them, that's what Africa TESOL is doing. Mm -hmm. And also we look for scholarships for teachers to utilize and develop themselves professionally. Mm -hmm. So find an agency that's willing to sponsor one or two persons for maybe a short course in maybe Europe or America, we can also give that to the teachers. And So these are the things we are looking to achieve between now and next year. people that can maybe work as partners and they can bring something to that to be beneficial to teachers in Africa Mm -hmm. and not just um, material things but in terms of um, coming together coming with us and maybe going to do things together or if they want to implement something we can provide a platform for them If if they may not be able to give to the whole continent they can give to at least one country so it might be if there's a body, if there's an individual who is in a position to go and offer a seminar or a training session or a workshop in a given country, we can encourage that person. yes with the local affiliate. The person will provide a platform. Mm. That is one way. The second one is um, for them to actually respond to our call for papers yes. and come to Nigeria to present. So that's another thing. And the third thing is um, if they have books that they're not using or teaching resources they're not using, well, they can post it to Nigeria and then we give them to the teachers or the delegates that will come to the conference. I just want to make you to dance with
0: If you want to find out more about Africa TESOL, attend or present at the 2018 conference in Abuja, Nigeria, become an affiliate or collaborate with them, start with their website africatesol.org or check out their Facebook page. You've been listening to the Frameworks Education Group podcast ELT Today. Thank you to our guest, Ogon Efiong. Editing and sound by me, Emma Pratt. Sound recordings of artists and singers were from Uganda, Ghana and Gambia.